slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. A busy podcast for you today. We will break down last night's exciting shootout win over the Boston Bruins, one of those just-what-the-doctor-ordered kind of a game for an Islanders team that was embarrassed just two nights ago uh, by the Nashville Predators. They go on the road in Boston and get the job done. We'll break down that game. We will also have this date in Islanders history, which includes a rare hat trick from an Islanders enforcer. And, of course, we will preview Saturday's afternoon game at the Nassau Coliseum against the Anaheim Ducks. First of all, if you want to join the show, you can email us your questions, comments, suggestions, any topic that's on your mind. The email address, as always, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, or you could follow me on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. And please, if you're enjoying the show, leave us a review and a comment on your podcatcher of choice. It certainly helps new people find the show, and we always welcome more listeners to our Locked On Islanders family. All right, let's start off breaking down the game in Boston. Never easy to win against the Bruins, but lately the Bruins have been slumping, and we talked before about how important it was for the Islanders to bounce back in this game after giving up seven goals in the second half of the game against Nashville at home two nights earlier. So a challenge going up to Boston, taking on the first place Bruins. And early on, the Islanders looked like a little like the team that played poorly on Tuesday. Less than two minutes into the game, the Islanders cough up the puck in their own zone Good play by Charlie Coyle to force the turnover. He finds Anders Bjork, and boom, at 158, the Bruins had a 1-0 lead as Varlamov gave up that early goal, and it just didn't look like the Islanders were ready necessarily to play. You compound that, that at the six-minute mark exactly, the Islanders are called for too many men on the ice Jordan Eberle has to serve the penalty, but, you know, that Bruins power play is so dangerous, and you just, you sloppy with your line changes, you called for too many men, you down one nothing early, and it felt like, oh no, this might just snowball out of control, and yet it was the Islanders' penalty kill 
that kind of helped shift the momentum around Casey Sezikis, who was praised by Barry Trotz on Tuesday for giving his all on the penalty kill when the team was down 8-3, has an aggressive forecheck on the penalty kill again. He gets a good scoring chance. Tuka Rask makes the save, and that was the first shot on goal the Islanders got all game long, and that sort of helped stabilize the Islanders a bit. Now, the Islanders certainly did get a little bit fortunate because the Bruins had another really good scoring chance, but Tory Krug hit the far post on a shot during that power play, but the Islanders managed to kill off the penalty and all of a sudden sort of stabilize their play, and that was a very big opportunity. Now, the Islanders end up with a power play chance a little bit later on in that first period, and this was big Anders Lee tripped by Connor Clifton at 9.09, and again, Islanders not able to do much on the power play, and the power play just has to get going. You're just seeing... They were standing around. One of the things you need on a successful power play, you need guys down in front screening the goalie, putting pressure on the goalie, and you also need guys to move without the puck. And we didn't see enough of that on that first Islanders power play. Late in the period, Sezikis goes off for tripping Pasternak and at 19-13, so after 20 minutes... Not a lot of shots on goal for either team in that first period. Four to three were the shots after 20 minutes in favor of the Islanders, but the Bruins led 1-0 in what was not the best first period, really, for either team. Islanders managed to kill that power play off early in the second period, and then the Islanders get on the board Johnny Boychuk, the former Bruin, with a hard shot from the right point, his second goal of the year at 3.26. Eberle and Lee with the assists. That's both of their 10th assists on the year. And the game is all tied at 1-1. So big goal for Boychuk back in Boston. And the Islanders tie the score. And again, just very big right there. Later on, Boston gets another power play as Derek Brassard ends up high-sticking Connor Clifton. That power play comes at 12-24, but uh, at the end of the day, Islanders manage to kill that one off, and again, very few shots on goal in that second period. A solid penalty kill for the Islanders there. And the Islanders end up taking the lead late in that second period. And this was a a, a big one right here. As, you know, first Varlamov robs Bjork with a glove save with about three minutes left. And then he makes another save on DeBrusque. And those two big saves, so many times you see this, where... One team has a great scoring opportunity. The goalie comes up big, and the 
team that the goalie came up big for comes down the ice and scores, and that's exactly what happens. It's Barzal, his 14th on a good high shot that beats uh, Tuka Rask top shelf. His 14th of the year, Boychuk the lone assist at 18-26, and the Islanders had a 2-1 to lead. Sezikis, uh, excuse me, the Islanders get a power play as with 16 seconds left in that middle period, Brandon Carlo trips Eberly, and that gives the Islanders a power play as we head in to the third period, and that was positive. After 40 minutes, believe it or not, each team had only 10 shots on goal. So not a lot of action, but you know what? If you think about it, you go into Boston after you give up eight goals at home two nights earlier, if you limit the Bruins to 10 shots after two periods, that's exactly the kind of defense-first, discipline kind of a game that Barry Trotz wants from his team. All right, we'll come back. We'll break down the third period. We'll have this date in Islanders history and a preview of Saturday's game at the Coliseum against the Ducks. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. So the third period gets underway and the Bruins are able to kill off the power play for the Islanders. And then the Islanders get themselves into penalty trouble. First, Adam Pellick called for high-sticking Brad Marchand at 6.32, and the Islanders are short-handed. But then, uh, a little less than 46 seconds later, Brock Nelson on the PK throws the puck over the glass. That's a delay of game penalty at 7.16, and suddenly... The Islanders are faced with a 5-on-3 disadvantage for more than a minute. Now, Varlamov makes some big saves, but is not able to hold things off forever. And Tori Krug scores on the power play. And we talked yesterday when we previewed this game about how dangerous Krug is with the extra attacker. He gets the goal, his fifth goal of the season, Krejci and Pasternak with the assists, and suddenly the five-on-three results in a tie game at 2-2, and that's exactly what the Islanders couldn't do. It was just not smart hockey to take not just one penalty, but two. You can't kill off a five-on-three, and the game is all even at two. Throughout the third period, no additional scoring. Some very good saves on both ends of the ice. Varlamov in particular coming up big. And the Islanders go into overtime. Neither team scores there either. Now there was a bit of a scare. And this one is important. The Islanders lost Cal Clutterbuck in the third period of the game. Uh, basically he ends up with a skate coming up. Hitting him in the wrist. There was no immediate update for Clutterbuck after the game was over. Uh, they did, according to uh, my sources, take him to the hospital to be checked out, but it remains to be seen what his status is going to be. Uh, no practice today, Friday, for the Islanders, so we're going to try to find out what happens, uh, and we will keep you updated 
via Twitter as to the status of Cal Clutterbuck. Anyway, the game goes to the shootout, and in the shootout, the Islanders go first. Jordan Eberle goes in the first round, manages to score. Meanwhile, the Bruins come back with Charlie Coyle. He ticks one off the crossbar, and the Islanders have a 1-0 lead. Then it's Matthew Barzal. He goes top shelf again, and the Islanders have a 2-0 lead in the shootout, so all the pressure on the Bruins. They go with David Pasternak, and Pasternak comes through and basically gets Boston on board. It's 2-1. Josh Bailey had a chance to put it all away, but Tuka Rask denied Bailey, and it all came down to Brad Marchand, and Marchand is denied. The Islanders win it. Varlamov gets the victory. Final score in the shootout, the New York Islanders 3 and the Boston Bruins 2, 27 saves for Simeon Varlamov and a very strong performance overall uh, in 29 shots allowed. Barzal with one goal, but the offensive hero for the Islanders, really Johnny Boychuk with one goal and one assist. Adam Pellick with seven hits, Cal Clutterbuck with eight in 11 minutes and 52 seconds worth of action. And the Bruins really did dominate the faceoff circle. Brock Nelson, usually one of the Islanders' better faceoff men, 50%, 10 out of 20. Casey Zizekas, also usually excellent, only won 6 out of 16 in this contest. So uh, just a tough one in the faceoff circle for the Islanders. Three block shots for Scott Mayfield and Adam Pellick. Pellick with a strong game overall. We mentioned the seven hits, three block shots, and 23 minutes and 25 seconds worth of ice time, which led all Islander skaters, although he was a minus one for the day and did have the two penalty minutes. Overall, however, for the Islanders, this is more of what the doctor ordered. Yeah, they took some sloppy penalties, didn't always play their A game, so to speak. But after hemorrhaging goals and just looking flat for the last half of Tuesday's game, coming out, going on the road, limiting Boston's opportunities, especially over the first 40 minutes, getting good goaltending from Simeon Varlamov, and coming through with a shootout win against a first-place team on the road is just what the doctor ordered. The Islanders could not afford to come out and play a poor defensive game and, and get blown out again. They did not. They rallied and get the victory, and that is a big plus right now for the New York Islanders. With the win, the Islanders back on track and... Uh, Looking forward to their next game, which is a Saturday matinee at the Coliseum against the Anaheim Ducks. We will have a full preview of that game uh, coming up a little bit later on the show. The scratches for the Islanders, by the way, Michael Dalcole, Noah Dobson, and Leo Kamarov. And by the way, Tom Kuhnhackle in this game, he skated for 11 minutes, 26 seconds 
did not figure in the scoring, did not register a shot, was credited with two hits and two block shots, but that is his first game in a long time. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll have this date in Islanders history, plus a preview of Saturday's game against Anaheim. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Stay with us. All right, it's time for this date in Islanders history. We take you back to December 20th, 1975. Islanders hosting the, uh, excuse me, Islanders traveling to St. Louis to take on the Blues and the Islanders fall behind early. Red Berenson, the uh, future coach of the St. Louis Blues and of the University of Michigan, Scores his ninth goal of the season, unassisted at 8:04, and St. Louis took an early one-to-nothing lead in this game, and that was not the start that the Islanders wanted, and yet the lead for St. Louis did not last. Clark Gillies gets the Islanders even, his 16th goal of the year from Billy Harris and Jean Potvin. The goal, a power play tally with gas off in the penalty box, and the game was even at 1-1. to In the second period, the Islanders begin to pull away, and it was Gary Howitt getting the Islanders on board. His ninth goal of the season from Bobby Nystrom at 4:48, and it was 2-1 to Islanders. Then, Brian Trottier adds to the lead. He comes through with a power play goal from Gillies and Harris. That was the Islanders' top line back then. Mike Bossy still a couple of years away. Time of the goal, 11.07, and it was 3-1 Islanders. Then Howitt strikes again from Andre St. Laurent and Bobby Nystrom at 12.49, and the Islanders' lead was 4-1 after 40 minutes in the third period. The Islanders continue to pull away. Dennis Potvin scores his 15th goal of the year on the power play. Jerry Butler was in the box for St. Louis. J.P. Parise and Billy Harris with the assists. Then Bill McMillan with his fifth from Jude Druan at 11:15 made it 6-1 Islanders. And then with five minutes, 37 seconds left in the game, Gary Howitt scores his 11th goal of the year, his third of the game for his first career NHL hat trick, Nystrom and Lorne Henning with the assists, and the Islanders defeat the St. Louis Blues by a score of 7-1. Islanders outshoot St. Louis 38-29. Chico Resch, 28 saves for the win. Yves Belanger was the goaltender for the Blues who gave up all those goals. And for Gary Howitt, uh, just an outstanding performance. And Howitt, after the game, uh, very excited. He said about his line, we should have had six goals among us. We like to buzz them. If they know they're going to get hit, they might not be as careful with the puck. That's our objective. Then he said, I knew if they'd start bouncing right for me, I might come up with a hat trick sometime. I haven't had one since I played in junior hockey. Those are the quotes 
from Gary Howitt after the game, his first NHL hat trick, a guy better known as a checker and an enforcer for the Islanders, but uh, on this date in Islanders history, Howitt ends up with the hat trick. All right, Saturday, it'll be the Islanders and the Anaheim Ducks, a one o'clock in the afternoon start at the Nassau Coliseum. These two teams met in Anaheim back on November 25th, and it was the Ducks coming away with a 3-0 win. This will be the second and final meeting. Ducks struggle to score goals. That has been their problem. They are 28th in the league in goals scored, middle of the pack in goals against 13th. Their power play is very, very weak, 28th in the league, a 14% success rate. The penalty kill a little better, but not great, 22nd in the league a 78.3% success rate. Uh, For the Ducks, the number one goalie by far, Josh Gibson, he has started 26 games. He is 10, 14, and 2, a 2.80 goals against average, and a 9, 10 save percentage. And former Buffalo Sabres goalie Ryan Miller is the backup. Miller in nine starts, 4, 3, and 2, the goals against average, 3.02 and a 9.04 save percentage. Richard Rakel is leading the Ducks right now with 25 points, tied with Ryan Getzloff. Both of them 10 goals, 15 assists, 25 points. Jakob Silverberg with 24 points, and then Cam Fowler and Adam Henrique next in line with 17 points apiece, and the Ducks, a team that, you know, kind of struggling a bit this year. Uh, Getzlav, Henrique, and Andre Case are, uh, Casse, excuse me, are the top line. Uh, Isaac Lundstrom centers the second line uh, with Silverberg and Rakel on his wings. Sam Steele is the third line center. Left wing on that line, Max Jones and Maxime Comtois uh, is the right wing. So that's the top three lines. Uh, Lindholm and Manson, the top defense pairing. Cam Fowler and Eric Gabranson are the second pairing. And Michael Delzato, the ex-Ranger, is the third pairing along with uh, Corbanian Holzer. So those are the, the lineup that we expect to see from the Ducks. Lots of injuries right now. They're without Patrick Eves, Ryan Kessler, Nick Ritchie, and Troy Terry. Not sure if they'll be able to get any of those players back in time for Saturday's game. And you, you look at the Ducks right now. Here's a team that's dead last in the Pacific Division uh, with 32 points. 14, 17, and 4 on the season. They are two points behind both San Jose and L.A., although they have uh, one game in hand on the Sharks and two games in hand on the Kings. So, you know, Anaheim playing a little, you know, getting a little more hopeful as of late, hoping to pull out of the cellar right now in the Pacific. And again, sort of an up-and-down team. They've lost their last two. Lost in New Jersey 3-1, in Philly 4-1. They now finish out this road trip with a Saturday matinee on the island, as we mentioned, and then a Sunday matinee at Madison Square Garden against the Rangers. 
before that, they won two of their last three games before this road trip started, beating the Rangers 4-3 at home, losing 2-1 to the LA Kings in, in the freeway battle out there, and then winning in Minnesota 3-2. So, again, a very inconsistent Ducks team, not going to score a lot of goals. And, you know, in their last two games, they scored two goals. And then their last four losses, they've scored four goals. So, they're just not going to get, uh, uh, you know, put the puck in the net a heck of a lot. And the Islanders need to be able to take advantage. Their defense should be enough to get them through that game. Uh, it just remains to be seen whether or not they can execute well enough. Islanders' confidence should be restored. And it just becomes a question of, you know, home crowd. They do well in matinees under Barry Trotz. Let's see what they can do. We will be back Monday to break down all of this and preview the Islanders' next games. We'll always have this date in Islanders history, and we'll keep you up to date on all the latest news and notes from around Long Island. I'm Gil Martin, your host. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.